Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for the best book, the best historical fiction book. Mm-hmm. And to help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, Nick. Nick, that's a different vibe that we're bringing today, right? It's, sure. Uh, every week it's a different one. This week we're going to do jokes. <laughs> See, we already made that joke, I think, last week. That's so shitty. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we can make the same bad jokes every week, right? Holy shit. To be honest, we've done the Strongly podcast quite a few times now, and that has not ceased to be as dreadful as it was the first time. (laughs) Ian has thrown his pasta against the wall and is now eating it off of the wall. (laughs) Well, guys, if we could get serious here, my name is Joseph Holshue, Joseph Harvey Holshue. And this week, Nick, if you want to bring a historical fiction book, I brought one of like the very few historical fiction books I've ever read up, but it was it was awesome. It's called 112263. It's written by Stephen King, and I, I'm i super excited to talk about it. Good day to you, (laughs) fine gentlemen, lit heads, and also Nick, whatever you are. For the next 24 hours, my name is Dr. Ian DeYoung. I'm a high school English teacher again, and today, if you're looking for a historical fiction book, as opposed to a historical fact book, I guess I have to recommend Bram Snoker's... (laughs) Bram Snoker! Bram Snoker! Was that on purpose? Bram Stoker's (laughs) Snake Book... The Lair of the White Worm. Yeah, so I like this. He wrote a Dracula book. It was really successful. And then he wrote a worm book. Like he followed it up with a worm book. (laughs) As Um, he takes great care to clarify, worm actually means lit dragon in the old tongue. (laughs) So, I'm sorry. So is your book about worms? (laughs) No, it's about this big old snake. Shape-shifting, oh, okay. shape-shifting snake lady. Basically the same thing. Functionally. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs>, <laughs> Nick. Nick, I have a question for you, Nick. What's up? If you could go back to any time in history, what would it be? And why? All right. I think probably the 1960s when they thought like food was just great. Like everything that was coming out was just like the best. Like they invented the microwave. Oh, That seemed like a pretty good time. Like everything was happy. Everything was in specifically in, in jello. Yeah, specifically for like um like people living in the suburbs, <laughs> suburban housewives. <laughs> right. Like what like nineteen sixties white male. I'd like to be a suburban housewife in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, dude, I used to have to prepare a whole turkey, but now I can just yeah. open a can. But and now it just takes five minutes. A cylinder of turkey. There is like this optimism in the sixties yeah, though, where feeling. like they just thought everything was a really good idea. They're like, hey, we're just gonna like like you buy your TV dinners frozen, you microwave them and you're good. Like you can yeah. just feed your family you or smoke like for health. Yeah. Hey, this toilet seat is warmed with atomic energy. Have a seat. It's nice and warm. <laughs> wow. Uh, everything's great. <laughs> it's the sixties. 
And as we learned last week, it totally super wasn't. <laughs> well, I think to make the 60s work, you'd really have to be insistent on the fact that um, all the other stuff happening around the world doesn't matter. Doesn't it's matter. Not, it's not going to into any kind of conflict or. No. no. Well, because how that, okay. it's not important comparison to this pre-canned ravioli that I can just microwave. Right. Like my life is increasingly convenient, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's good joe what about you what time period would you go back to and why um i like it now like do i have to go i i like right. you like I, it now i like Inter- it now interesting. i <laughs> i don't know i think it's pretty good like i don't know i like i like i like my dog and i like my house and don't like go to the wife. 1800s right like i feel like there's a lot of disease in the past and a lot yeah. of, like like a lot of like pooping on holes, which I'm not super into, right? Pooping out of holes? No, no, no. In, into holes. Into holes. Oh, sorry. Joe, okay. Joe, Joe doesn't like to use a toilet seat. He defecates <laughs> directly on the lid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ian, Ian uh, I guess the polite thing to do now is to ask you the question. <laughs> Ian, what time would you go back to? Spoken like someone who truly cares about my answer. Mm-hmm. I would like to go, I would like to go to the 1920s and not know about anything after 1929. Like, I don't want to go to 1920s with my current knowledge that we're about to go into the Great Depression and then World War II and then Mm -hmm. basically it's all downhill. No, the 20s, it's like, wow, everything is great, full stop. Aren't you time traveling? What's the premise here again? I'm lost. I think the premise is like when I flip back to 1920, I lose everything of my knowledge from now. Okay. Oh. Because here's the thing. If you go back to, if if any of us were to time travel back, we'd get there, our cell phones wouldn't work, and we'd be like, but how can I check TikTok or Parler? <laughs> I would download it, you know, so it's to my device. Oh, just like download all of TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can do that content. with Wikipedia, and it's a surprisingly small file. Like, it's like you could download all of Wikipedia, the text, and it's something like, I don't know, 100 megabytes or something. I'm um, um, sorry, all of Wikipedia? Well, all of Wikipedia. There's a button yeah. somewhere. Download Wikipedia button. You got to pay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they probably want some of that bullshit donation money. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting my money. <laughs> For the cost of 800 coffees. I used to, when I was in grad school, I would use that. There was a database I used pretty frequently that had um, scans of really old books, like mm-hmm. like photocopies, um, scans, scans, yeah. scans of really old books. And they had these adorable warnings. It was an old database built in like the early 2000, 2000s and then not updated for 20 years. And they had these adorable warnings. Caution. Are you sure you want to download this? 990 kilobytes may take quite some time on slow connections. (laughs) (laughs) I took great pleasure in smashing that yes button. Well, welcome, litheads, to You Don't Know Lit. Oh, hey, check this out. I rewrote this the other night. Ooh, Um, cool, cool, cool. Let's hear it. Probably not good. I don't remember remember what I wrote, so let's just go for it. We'll see if I can read a script or a teleprompter. Well, welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, or as we call Strongly, Strongly podcast, where every week I pick a theme, and my two friends, Ian and Joe, oh, see, I don't like that already, that was bad. Why, because th- not your two friends? friends? I already said that. It's like, how how many fucking friends do I have? Well, you have two, how Ian many? and Joe. <laughs> my two only friends. <laughs> my only friends. <laughs> uh, Litheads, I would like to let you know that I know that Nick at least has one more friend. I'm trapped. I'm trapped on this spaceship, and I'm forced to watch terrible movies. Wait, wait, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> or me and my best friends, my two only friends, and all they want to talk about is fucking books. <laughs> this is the payoff. 
These are the only two people who can stand me, but I have to listen to them yak about books and pretend to be interested. You guys are my best friends. (laughs) Where every week I pick a theme and Ian and Joe each bring a book recommendation. Each recommend a book. No, 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 no. I just read it wrong. I can't. It's it's all off now. Welcome to Live Workshopping, the podcast. (laughs) Where every week I pick a theme and Ian and Joe bring a book to recommend. And of course, we pick a winner. My personal recommendation to you, Litheads. Oh, oh, that's good. But of course, we do have some show rules. Rule (sighs) number one, only unavoidable spoilers. Rule number two, omit needless words, Joseph. And rule number three, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing that matters to Ian and Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, Joseph. Yes. Would you like to take exactly, exactly, uh oh, 30 seconds? Uh oh. Oh boy. I'm nervous. I feel like Nick's done some prep for this week. I feel like he's got some new rules. He's it's it's like when you have a bad class, Ian, and you just yeah. like come in, like you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about them and you can't get yep. back to sleep yep. and you just come back in the next day with some new rules. <laughs> I've been thinking. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk to me or look, talk to me or look at me. <laughs> I do start about four classes a year by just telling my freshman. I'm like, all right, I woke up last night and I was thinking about you. And that's never good news for you. <laughs> like, uh, have you ever called your students chumps? Ooh, I call them germs all the time. I say ladies and germs. Oh, mm. that's funny. Do they like yeah. that? They don't get, I mean, I say a lot of things. I don't think they listen right. to most of it. Right, right, uh-huh. right. right. Uh-huh. Joe, do you want to uh, tell me about your book in 30 seconds yeah, or less? Absolutely. Nick, this book is about a man called Jake Epping who discovers a portal back in time, but it only goes to 1958. He doesn't know what to do with it at first. He pretty much just hangs out in soda shops for a while, but then he gets the idea to stop the John F. Kennedy assassination. He is Establishes a new life in the past in a world filled with American cars, rock and roll, and shameless racism, sexism, and homophobia. It's 850 pages long, and it's a page turner. You better be turning those pages if you're going to get through it <laughs> before next year. And huh. I did set your timer to 30 minutes. That's that was my bad. <laughs> uh, in going, that case, buddy. allow me to allow. Uh, that was not fair to you, Ian. Um, but. Life isn't fair. I'm fine. There's no rules that say this has to be fair. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. Your 30 minutes has started. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of well-written historical fiction out there, but my book isn't really that. It's got a cool premise. (laughs) It's powerfully atmospheric. It's important for historical reasons, but... It is not well written. In fact, it's poorly written. Despite this, I think you should read the book I brought this week called The Lair of the White Worm by renowned vampire author, mid-level theater manager, and friend of the show, Bram Stoker. (laughs) It's about a big old snake. That sounds like some real bullshit, huh, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. I think that was like the nicest way that Ian could say, like, look, guys, the book I brought this week, it's it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good. I still think you uh, should read it because it's important historically. Nick, you know what sounds boring? Important historically. <laughs> it's possible, but it's also possible it's interesting. Mm. I love I mean, I'm a big fan of Dracula. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I got I got things to say about it. We'll get to it eventually. It's all good. Someday. How about right now? Why don't you go first, Ian? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, (laughs) cool. That was easy. Um, Okay. Here's the thing. 
guys. As Joe jo oh said, sometimes we sometimes we like choose to do a book and then sometimes, we read it. And we've yeah. invested the time in it, and then we're like, huh, "How do I sell this this bad book?" <laughs> right. Um, Ian, I, sounds like you're starting with pure honesty. Is how you're going to try to sell this? This is what happened to me. <laughs> So I've wanted to read this book as long as I've known about it because what a great title, The Lair of the White Worm. And it is spelled with a Y, right? Like W-Y-R. No. No. Oh. W-O-R-M. No. Oh, okay. Wait. Um, L-A-I-R or yeah. L-A-Y-E-R? L-A-I-R. Like <laughs> the lair, the, the creepy lair of a villain. Okay. And is that worm w Oh, umlaut R M. Yeah, well, the R has an umlaut, which is actually not. Where actually are the umlauts? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> is it umlauts or umlauts? Umlaut. Umlaut. Does yeah. umlaut have an umlaut? In no, it? it doesn't. Oh, that's frustrating. No. It is. Oh, it's very. I mean, imagine what what the the oh. 1980s era metal bands would have done if the word umlaut had had umlauts in it. That pff, that would have broken there, there'd be a lot more bands with the word umlaut in you in bet there name. would yeah frank umlaut is laughing in his grave right now an inventor of the umlaut? Of the show? I, yeah. oh cool there is in fact an uh, experimental progressive band based out of <laughs> melbourne australia called umlaut yeah. and the is type there an umlaut in it there is not <laughs> ah. okay first i'm going to tell you guys what happens in this book and I'm not going to try and tell you everything that happens because there's a lot. Uh, what happens? Here we go. A guy, a dude, an Australian dude. There's the connection. Uh, seriously? Yeah. Yes, okay. actually. Okay. He moves to a place in England and there he discovers some bad things. He discovers two bad things. Let's count them down. One. Okay. One. There's a creepy dude and he is trying to brain blast a young woman by staring at her. Whoa, 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 whoa. You gotta stop the count. <laughs> you can't what? just say brain, brain blast. blast? <laughs> like, like psychically explode. All right. Number one. Check. Number one. Number two. There is a creepy lady and she is a snake too. Also. Okay. I just want to pause here and say that I think it's weird that Bram Stroker. Stroker. Stoker. Stoker? Jesus. Why can't we say his fucking name? Stoker. I think it's weird that he knew about Australia. Like that, those two things aren't in the same world for me. Like what Bram are you talking Stoker, about? He was like, writing in the late, late 1800s. Yeah, this, but still. Did they know about Australia back yeah. then, Ian? Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you guys oh, are English teachers, oh, not, uh, you not know. geography. Geography. Like, let's be clear, though. Like, there's no vampires in Australia. Australia I you, is I, not I would love, like, shut your mouth. I would love to see an <laughs> Aussie vampire. Day. Have you, did you ever see what we do in the shadows? Those guys are in uh, New Zealand, which is basically close. To the one that I watched, they're set. They're in Long Island. They're, they're, well, in, the yeah, they're in Brooklyn the in the show. Are you talking about the actors? Are the actors actually vampires? No, the film, <laughs> the film is set in the cinema movie, the cinematic experience. Hey, so there are two bad things. Creepy dude trying to right. brain brain blast a young woman by staring at her. Number two, creepy lady is a snake. These are bad things. So our mm -hmm. Australian, his job is to protect Just the young two woman. Things? There was, yeah, that's that's the big two things. That's the whole it doesn't seem like that's you need to things. list two things. There needs to be a third thing if you're well, going to do a list. Nick, Nick, why, don't you, Nick why don't you try and do this then? You're so hot shot at this. Why don't you come over and sit in this chair? That's not my role. My role is to nitpick. <laughs> facilitate. It's Nick. called facilitate. Speaking of roles, this Australian vampire's job is to, he's not a vampire. I just said that for fun. His job uh, is to, two things. <laughs> <A list. laughs> Start another list. 
Three. Is this a sub list Three. or is it a separate list? Three. His job is to protect the young woman and four, destroy the snake woman. Oh, that's great. Okay. So um, that's that's the game. That, that's the that's the yeah. that's the story right there. And that's I like, said that's pretty much Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Protect the yeah. young woman, destroy the snake. Um, wait, is there a young woman in Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, Hermione. I think it's Ginny Weasley, right? Ginny Weasley is in trouble. Oh, it's Hermione. No, Ginny Weasley is the later one, I think. Nope. No, you're well, right. No, you're right. I'm yeah. getting I'm getting philosopher's stone mixed up. Yeah. Anyway, this is not a Harry Potter fan cast. Thank you very much. I'm interested. It sounds like um how long is this book? <laughs> it's not like long. A, no, it's okay. like two fifty pages, so and is it told through uh, no. journals? Journal entries? Is oh, that his thing? It, it, I thought I was hoping it would because I love epistolary novels. <laughs> but no, it's just kind <laughs> of a boring so like third person. Narration. Uh, Some of the research I did suggested there's not much out there about this book because um, it's been widely reviewed as a bad, a bad stoker, um, nice. bad, uh, bad, bad version. But uh, somebody, some people were saying online that the biography of Stoker sets up so that probably he wrote this after he had a stroke. Um, it was the last book he <laughs> wrote before. <laughs> Don't you mean a stoke? <laughs> yes, he had a stoke. <laughs> This is so trash. Um, well, okay, so yeah. Bram Stoker had a stroke. I had a stroke and then wrote this book and then died. Oh, no. Wow. So, so this is a draft. This is this is a... Well, do I... Do you know what this is? This is a real ghost out of Watchmen situation. Uh, is this just a prequel to Dracula? Is this a first draft of Dracula? No, no. He, no, wrote, he wrote it before he died. That wouldn't even... Unless, he's a, unless he is a vampire, that doesn't make sense, Joe. Um, he wrote this. Uh, it was published and then he died, so... There's not really a ghost on a watchman situation here, but it is not very well written. What is that reference? Ghost in a watchman? Ghost on a watchman. This was, um, do you remember when we did, uh, to kill a mockingbird? No, not really. The author of to kill a mockingbird, um, wrote this one book. It won a bunch of stuff and she was super (laughs) successful. And then she never Mm -hmm. wrote another book and then she died. And then after she did, no, no, didn't die. Didn't die. I think she was like she a, had a like stoke. late in life, right? Like I think she was late in life. She was like kind of it seemed like maybe not super right of mind anymore. And her estate uh, was like, hey, guys, she's got another book like like amazing. Another book. And they published it and everybody was really excited. And then a bunch of people read the book and they were like, oh, that's really bad. Yeah, like that, that wasn't good. And yep. it kind, not only is it not good, it kind of ruins the first good yep. book that she wrote. It was a departure yes. from uh, the good stuff. Well, and, and I guess long story short, it came out after the fact that it was a draft of the book that eventually got very good. Like it was right. like her first try right. at to kill a mockingbird that was in a drawer. Yeah. Hey, uh, I have a game. You guys want to play a game? Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Ian. <laughs> Yeah, I'm focused with a game with a with a story this wacky and it is truly, truly wacky. There is there are bits. There are bits in this story. I'll talk more about the poor writing in a minute, but there are bits in the story where you're just like, wait, wait, wait. You know what? No, what? No. Can um, I just uh, clarify one thing real just very briefly? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's been implied uh, since the dawn of this show, but maybe never overtly said mm-hmm. if your book sucks, but you bring a game. You can rebound. <laughs> <laughs> that is your today's I, shadow rule. <laughs> I think that should be rule, rule number four. Good, I didn't know that rule. It's a good shadow rule. 
I, I just, I, when I, so I read this book and I was like, oh boy, how do I talk about this? And I'm just, guys, it's not great. And I'm leaning into that. So the game is called Spot the Mistake. And I'm going to read you a fact about the book, a plot point from the book. And you okay. tell me what part of this plot point is fake and a lie. You don't have to like get it right, like correct it. But you okay. just listen to one of the, like one of the details of sure. this plot point oh, is it. going to be wrong. So I might say, um, right. Like an Australian vampire wants to brain blast a woman and you're like, yeah, he's not a vampire. Exactly. He's just precisely. Precisely. Right. Yeah. Um, here's the first one. A gigantic white snake's eyes light up red like spotlights. Ooh. Okay. I think, um, I think the snake isn't that big. I think, I think he's just a normal snake. Okay. I'm going to say yellow eyes. They were, they were ye- yellow. Um, Nick, you are correct. The color of the eyes is wrong. They're not yes. yellow, but they are green close enough. So you get yeah. one snake green point. Green spotlights. Ooh, Nick, keep track of your snake points. Yep. Okay. Here's the next one. A lady shoots a mongoose to death with a shotgun. Well, no, we know that mongooses are unkillable from our episode on Ricky Tiki Tavi. She obviously shoots a cobra to death with a shotgun. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say it was not a shotgun. It was um, just a uh, rifle. Um, well, you're again, Nick, you have pinpointed. It's not a shotgun. <sighs> she pulls a tiny little revolver out of her purse and then she oh, shoots sure. it a bunch of times. And and Stoker, pew, 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 pew. Stoker, Stroker, <laughs> Snoker makes clear that she shoots it in the spine, oh. uh, which seems in unnecessarily specific anymore. Oh, it's dead. I feel like if you shoot a snake, you're going to hit spine. It's very dead. So she oh, wait, shoots, it's a mongoose. It's a mongoose. It, it is a mongoose. Uh, Nick, you have two oh. snake points, which entitles you to one rattle. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you can trade that in the store. Uh, the final climax of the book ends with a tornado setting off dynamite. Um, I think tornadoes are a very American mm. phenomenon. I think it's not a tornado. I think it's an earthquake. Okay. Wait, does your book take place in Australia? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So like an Australian accent wouldn't be appropriate then. You absolutely can and should though. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it was a tornado, but um, instead of TNT exploding... It's like, um, it, this, wait, where does it take place? England. Okay. Then, um, tea and crumpets. <laughs> it has to be some sort of tea, right? <laughs> Dreadful little pun. I hate that. I hate that. Joe, you are correct. It's not a tornado. It's thunder and lightning that explodes. Uh, I, I would like to correct one of my statements. Tornadoes do happen places besides the United <laughs> States, but not that. We've Many, had a lot of people actually. calling in. Joe is going to walk this one back. <laughs> Joe is afraid of the hate mail. <laughs> right. We have a lot of climatologists that <laughs> listen to this up. That listen to this show. Our Polish listeners are screaming at their radio sets. Um, <laughs> two more. Two more. Joe, it's over to you. It always was. Yes. Um, in my book, an old doughy diplomat turns into a master vampire hunter out of nowhere. Wait, is there vampires in your book? I thought this was, I thought there was no vampires. Hey, hey, in your you book. have to answer the question. No more additional follow-up. He turns into a worm hunter. He doesn't turn into a vampire hunter. He turns into a dragon hunter. Nick. Yeah. I, I, man, if there's va- vampires in this book, that's going to be wild, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say that there, there is vampires. Read the sentence again for me. An old doughy diplomat turns into a master vampire hunter out of nowhere. Okay. I'm going to say he wasn't doughy. He was cut as hell. <laughs> Good. good. You both you both are correct because secretly he was ripped and also it's not, 
<laughs> a vampire hunter. He is a dragon hunter. Okay, last one. A guy makes a oh, so each of you get one one snake point. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Um thank you. And this one is Hey Nick, going into this final round. Yeah. May the best man win. Yeah. This one is worth Eat five shit, points. Joe. This is worth five <laughs> points. Oh, five points. Come on. Making the previous rounds completely pointless. Keep going. <laughs> this one is worth two points. <laughs> I definitely planned for a total of seven. A guy makes a huge butterfly shaped kite and believes it. And also he is a God that also scares away a bunch of birds. (laughs) I feel like like it's not going to be that last part since he just added it on as an afterthought. So I think the birds thing is probably right. I think, I think it's a box kite. I, I think, I think he was really into box kites. The only type of kite without a tail. Interesting. Good. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the kite was in the shape of a worm. Oh, that'd be good. Like oh. a big Chinese dragon. This yeah. is really good. You both did pick up on the fact that the, sh- the shape of the kite is wrong. Yes. I think I'm going to give the points to Nick because he was closer. Ooh, it, it, was a, it was a kite in the shape of a hawk. Oh, which cool. is, I don't know, kind of yeah, close to an animal. Worm. Yeah, it's an animal. Yeah. There we go. A box is not an animal, I think. So yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Nick, you win. You get this free snake I'm mailing you. <laughs> and Thank the heads, you. It will be alive. The heads, like careful. and comment on our social media for your own shot of this snake. <laughs> we're, sending, <laughs> we're sending one to an unsuspecting listener every yeah. week. This is a viral marketing campaign we're doing. We're sending snakes to our listeners. <laughs> and uh, after that, we'll send you a mongoose. Okay, so here's the thing about this book, guys. I, I, I'm i going to stop Patreon. talking about this. Is there any saving grace here, Ian? Yeah. So it's got a really, really good premise. We talked about the Prince of Premise uh, several weeks ago. Here's the premise. Philip K. Dick. Ancient shape-shifting snake monster that lives far underground and preys on the unsuspecting. I love it. That's pretty yeah. great. And it's got that this really good. good atmosphere. Like it's, it's kind of weirdly, the snake is so huge and bad because like, and like evil because it's old. It's from like hundreds of thousands of years old. It's just, is this sounds like the book it like ancient thing buried in the ground that shape shifts and comes up once in a while to kill, to kill well, people with the exception of it doesn't have, it's not about kids right it's about very attractive poorly written characters um Ooh. i would <laughs> do they sparkle uh, <laughs> they do everything but i would say like this is what your comments about it kind of taps into a bigger lovecraftian vibe i know it isn't huh. really lovecraftian but reading this felt really like reading hp lovecraft like this worm is basically a great old one it's it's yeah. doesn't have huge tentacles but it is old. It's survived for, for a long time. It's been hidden. There's an air of like, this thing is so massive. I can't comprehend it. Um, it has mm, quasi magical powers. Um, is this a fun read? Ah, uh, it if is. If you say yes, all is redeemed. It is a fun read <laughs> and it? it doesn't go away. So this book, the story is so bonkers. Like the staring contest. Okay. I mentioned the brain blasting. The staring contests kill someone. They have staring <laughs> contests where they're staring so hard that somebody dies. <laughs> high st- it's, it's like squid game. It's like a high stakes square staring contest. It's, it's just like, how do they keep, die? 
they're overpowered by the dominant stare of the other person, obviously. That's the Yikes. risk you always run when you do a stare war, is that. Right. Um, That's what they mean by giving them daggers. <laughs> looking daggers, exactly. This yeah. book just doesn't, this is my saving grace, okay? This book doesn't, doesn't get out of your head. There are plenty of forgettable bad books. And there's plenty of forgettable, mediocre books. This one I just keep thinking about because, I don't know, some, this thing about like when I read and maybe other people too, I remember like cool, wacky, wonky stuff like sure the complex plot to destroy the snake using sand and explosives. Um, and I forget the bad stuff where like, and you lightning. know, they're, they're dead lightning. Yes. I, completely unexpected lightning. I forget the bad stuff. I remember the good stuff, like a shape shifting snake, the scene where they, mm-hmm. they're like revealing with the monster reveal. When the, we see the snake in full for the first time is incredible. It's like, it's unlike anything I've read. This is a weird, cool book. And yeah, it was a whiplash for Stoker to go from Dracula, which is incredible to white worm, which has got some flaws, but it's it stuck. It stuck with me. So needed a rewrite. Maybe. I, I really like there are very few books I felt as strongly about this in this way. I want there to be a really freaking good movie of this. Like oh, sure. it is yeah. ripe for someone. It's so visual. It's so, got such good action sequences. It is ripe for someone to just just rip this thing just- apart. Make Dwayne it. the Rock Johnson just oh, doing it right. right. Oh yeah, like he kind of seems pudgy at Ooh, first, and he's yeah. just like this old statesman, and then, and then he just takes off his worm. shirt, takes out the wooden stakes, and goes and kills a worm. Yeah, he could be the ripped buff guy that you mentioned. He Ian, could, he could be the ripped fat, the ripped, guy, yeah. the ripped diplomat. And this is your this is your Hobbit fact for the day. Uh, <laughs> oh, we keep talking about worms and stuff. Of um, course. Mm-hmm. In in Tolkien's in Tolkien's work, he talks about worms, and it's very confusing. Because it's why why are you talking about worms, Tolkien? Well, back in the old days, the old languages like um, High Norse and stuff, the stuff that um, mm. Tolkien studied, um, the word worm spelled W Y R M didn't mean earthworm. It meant snake or dragon. And so this oh. thing is a worm in the old style, just like Smaug in The Hobbit is the great worm. Cool. Gentlemen, gentlemen, where where did it all begin? I'd love to know. What do you want to know about beginnings? Do you want to know where how I got this? I don't know how I got these scars. <laughs> Batman. Mm. Uh, Batman. 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 Nick, you want to know our origin stories? Well, let's just be very honest. You guys made up this theme while I was out of town on vacation. And when I came back to my messages, it was already established. When so. the Nick's away. <laughs> Litheads, they picked gateway as a theme. Nick has a theory that every once in a while he leaves Ian and I unsupervised, at which point we come up, according to Nick, with the worst. The themes. worst. The, it's, it's unimaginable. <laughs> it's it, not, it's not only does it kill the premise of the show, which is that I'm supposed to come up with the themes, but <laughs> it, in addition, they're just God piss awful. I mean, the, <laughs> the last one was big cities. folks. <laughs> that was not the last. That one. was incredible. Last that was an incredible one. theme, which goes just, down in the lore. Uh, well, Nick, I think you're just framing this incorrectly. I think what you really want to know here is Ian and Joe, uh, you guys have superpowers, right? Like you are masters of the written and read and spoken word. What is your origin story? Like, where did where's your spider bite? Like where what planet are you mm-hmm. from? And Ian and I uh, this next week would like to bring the books that started it all uh, the gateway books, if you will. What do they call that bloated premise? What's the 
<laughs> What's your gateway books into what? Becoming teachers or like liking books? I think just into a literary life. Yeah. Like these were our gateway yeah. books into a literary life. Cool. All right. I'm going to bring a book that won the Newbery Medal back in 1943. It is called Johnny Tremaine. And it's about, it's it's historical fiction, like like today's episode. But also, it's got muskets. I guess that's still historical fiction. They should call this book Johnny Deformed. Uh, it's the only thing whoa, I know about whoa, that book. Whoa, is that Simpsons. now. Come on, Joseph <laughs> There's Harvey. There's a Simpsons joke about it. I don't know anything. I've never heard of the book besides oh, that episode. Oh, goodness. Oh, and I'm going to bring a book, Nick, that was first read to me probably by my third grade teacher called mm-hmm. From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. Uh, I am pretty excited. How I, many I've been Newberry medals did yours win, Joe? I was actually looking. I feel like it's awarded, but I you'll have to tune in next week to learn all about the many Newberries. <laughs> and I will be bringing my daughter's gateway book, Llama Llama Red Pajama. <laughs> Really sparked her love of reading. We also Mm -hmm. have that one. Yeah, it's a classic. This book is called 112263, which Nick, you of course know, and the Litheads of course know, that is the date that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. Ooh, 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 ooh. If you add 11 to 22 to 1963, you get 1999. Oh, my God. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, the conspiracy theorists are going to love this one, Ian. No, it's no, not. Joseph. Sorry, I lied. <laughs> Prince killed JFK. <laughs> Wait a minute. 96. <laughs> All right, this one I know about your book. S- some guy goes back in time to stop JFK from getting assassinated and f- completely fucks up history. And I think. I'm not, I don't know about after that, but I think the premise is him trying to fix history and then fucking mm. more stuff up. All right. I'm going to pause you right there, Nick, because it sounds like you're getting your, it sounds like you're deep into a Wikipedia page. Like you're on page like 800 right now. The majority of this book is this dude, Jake Epping, middle-aged English teacher, divorced. Uh, oh, um, wow. There it is. Yep. <laughs> like, did this hit home? Kind of a loser. <laughs> Listen, oh, I love Stephen not King. Not like I'm, most English teachers. I'm not about to throw shade. I just mm-hmm. wish fewer of his characters were him thinly veiled. Oh, this this <laughs> is absolutely Stephen King thinly veiled. In fact, um, I, th- I thought it was a little on the nose too. And then when I was reading about the book afterwards, I guess he started the first draft of this book, first draft in big quotes here, in 1972. Right. Like this, like JFK was killed in 63. He started writing this book in 1972, at which point he was still a high school English teacher. He took a crack at it and he was like, hey, if I'm going to do this right, it's going to require tons more research than I can actually do. He set it aside. This is actually before he ever wrote the book Carrie, which would go on to be his first published novel. Um, He he set it aside for, oh, I don't know, 50 years it's, I don't know. It's, it's 85 years so how much of that plot did i get right and wrong okay you well like when you say that i didn't say nick, that well nick Uh-oh. it's like of this 800 <laughs> you did so i You're super like, did not use those words at all nick <laughs> i didn't know it's that 850 either page book that happens on page like 790 like 
this guy goes back in time. He decides, like kind of through the convincing of a friend of his to stop the JFK assassination. There is some evidence that you can change history and not screw up the future. His, um, he discovers the rabbit hole because like his buddy shows it to him and his buddy has gone back in time lived in the past for a little while. He actually, it's kind of cool. He runs a diner. So he goes back in time to buy all of his hamburger meat that he then brings forward in time to sell at his diner for incredibly cheaply. It's so cheap. That's that's great. <laughs> Fiscally responsible time travel right there. <laughs> Everyone's like, I think he serves cat at that diner because I don't know how that hamburger can only cost $1.20. <laughs> oh, he charges less too? Yeah, he charges oh. way less. Oh, that's, he's doing it all wrong. He should increase his profit margins. This guy might be a moron. (laughs) Did he, I would have gone with the lottery. Okay. So I have a question. So everybody knows about time travel. So no, nobody knows about time travel. Um, this guy named Al owns a diner and it just so happens that the back door to the diner, like the back pantry to the diner opens up into 1958. (laughs) It's always 1958. It's always the exact same time in 1958. It's like 1158 AM, like December something, 1958. And you go there. Once you go through that door, you can live in the past. You can interact with the people of the town. You're in the same geographical location. Um, You can buy hamburger meat. You can go to the malt shop and get a soda. Um, When you come back to the present, it is no matter how long you spent in the past, it is two minutes later. It is two minutes later when you come back. So you can go back to the past five years, come back to the present two minutes later. This doesn't sound like this sounds, this doesn't sound true. It sounds scientific. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So I, like what Ian's getting at here is where he's is probably the getting at the theme. Part? Yeah. I think we're all picking up on that, Joe. So, okay. So we have time travel through the back door of a diner pretty much locked in. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine that happens pretty quickly and you kind of get into the premise. What, what, what is he doing? How bad does okay. it get? So he goes back to the past um, and he decides Al kind of convinces him like to like, hey, you should go back to the past. I'm about to die. You should go back to the past and you should stop the JFK assassination because, boy, if JFK hadn't been assassinated, just think of how good it would have been for the war in Vietnam. Think of how good it would have been for civil liberties and civil rights. Think of how much progressive and how much better the world would be if we had like a good president like throughout the 60s. Now, hang on. Um, you should save JFK. I'm sorry. Is is his name actually Al or does he just tell the main character you can call me Al? Right. Good. Really good question. Um, he does say you can be my body guard. Oh, cool. That sounds not great, Joe. Um, but wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's okay, funny. If you would have, ju- I think if you would have kept it, to, he can time travel. I would have been in much quicker than the whole back door of a diner thing. That is really okay. throwing me. Are there aliens doing this or do you never find out how this is happening? There's, okay. There's always, when they go into the past, there is a veil of supernatural like as jake Eppin, the our protagonist as he goes into the past and lives his life this is where the historical part comes in like he lives a life like a fully realized life where he gets a job as a teacher and meets a girl and falls in love and becomes like kind of a big shot in his local small town community oh okay like during that time there's characters from time to time who kind of seem 
like they know that Jake Epping is from the future. It's like kind of spooky in that other time travelers. Well, or something, right? Like as a reader, you're always unsure, but you're like, oh, that guy that's by the portal, he really seems to know what's going on. And he really seems to not like that Jake is here. Well, two things. I didn't do the math. So you're saying it's not like he's going back in time, like 10 minutes before the JFK assassination being like, uh, no, don't do, don't, yeah, don't go in that car. Yep. Uh, he's going into like... Like five years how, earlier. Yeah, five years earlier. And just like, he's like, yep, this is what I'm going to do for the next five years in one day. Yeah, it's like, it's this commitment that he has, right? Like he goes wow, back in time. Okay. It only goes to 1958. And he's like, okay, I've got five years, right? I've got five yep. years to figure out where Leah Harvey Oswald is. I've got five years to, you know, like figure out if Lee Harvey Oswald is the lone gunman, which if he even did it. Yeah. If he even did if it, if he even did it. Yeah. That's like a big, like there's like a hundred pages of this book where Jake Epping is figuring out. Did he do it alone? Like, Joe, like, I, have, I have a question. Um, oh, and I guess maybe for both of you, because uh, Ian super didn't answer it either. Uh-huh. Um, Ian, why don't you start? How is your book historical fiction? <laughs> um, you didn't mention that at all. It's, is it like, what do you learn about? Um, it's set in the past to the, okay. One of the, one of the benefits, <laughs> one of the benefits of historical fiction is like, okay. Um, yeah. so many movies, oh. so many movies. Okay, if they pause, had, Ian, I'll let you think about that for a second. How is your book historical fiction? Okay, my book's historical fiction, like the entire historical fiction part happens in those five years that he's living in the past. Like when he's living in small town Texas for those five years, he is living in 19 or whatever it is, 1960 in small town Texas, right? He's working in small town Texas. He has like... um, He's part of the community there. Yeah. Um, everything okay. from getting 40 cent haircuts to 10 cent malts, right? Like he is. So is, does it give time. you a slice of life or does the pl- plot just exist there? Yeah, no, no, no. So both. So he gives you the slice of life. Yes, the plot exists there. But also, I guess one thing to say about this book is it is meticulously researched um, in the pages. afterward better be. in the afterwards Stephen <laughs> King talks about how he like hired a full-time researcher for this that he's worked before that while he was writing the afterward he was standing next to a, a pile of books that was literally as tall as Stephen King and Stephen King Nick yeah. you've seen him he's no he's short tall, tall he's short no shorty cup of water he's, no, he's no shorty. So like not only is 1958 really historically like accurate and a nice little slice of life, but like the JFK stuff and the Lee Harvey Oswald stuff is like the details are all there. You feel like you are like hanging out, watching Lee Harvey Oswald prepare for this assassination. Ian, what was yours? What do you get? Sometimes in movies, the plot could be solved <laughs> with like a cell phone. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. This plot could be, if he had set this in like 1911 when it was published, it would have been very easy. You would have just machine gunned the snake to death at the end. <laughs> so he has to set, sure. he sets it in the past so that he can kind of, so the, the threat is still a legitimate threat. Yeah. Snakes. So yeah, like big, big wh- snakes that mind control you and stuff. Yeah. But like, how is that historical fiction? Does it talk about like what? Uh, the staring contests are connected to. <laughs> 
connected to a school of scientific inquiry called mesmerism, which said that if you could stare at somebody and resonate their frequencies, you could dominate them and or kill them. So he there's this whole subplot with a mysterious chest created by the guy who developed this skill of domination through staring. Um, and if you if it has to be said at that time, because it's he studies under this staring king and learns his skills <laughs> what <laughs> is happening <laughs> okay cool ian answered it joe so how, what, what else happens in your book yeah so uh, well first of all a ton which i won't get into super here. a lot yeah yep super a lot happens to it but pretty much he goes back in time and he does everything he can to stop the jfk assassination one of my favorite elements of this though every time there's time travel it's got its own rules Right. You know, like time yeah, travel always works. Rules? In- two minutes. Oh. We know that. Yep. Two minutes. That's a big one. Right. Um, so every journey through the portal brings you to September 9th, 1958. No matter how long you stay in the past, it's two, two minutes. As soon as you come back, it's 2011. If you go back through the portal, right? So you, so you go to the past, you change a bunch of stuff, you come to the present. If you go back through the portal, Ooh. everything resets. Resets. Yep. Like everything you've done is no Price longer the case. Yep. You can go and buy the same beef (laughs) over and over. (laughs) I think one of the best parts of this book is that the past does not want to be changed, Mm. right? Like he always calls the past obdurate. Yes, stretchy. That's exactly what it is. At one point, he describes it like anytime you try to break, uh, break the past... It's like you're trying to break out of like a nylon stocking. Like you're like wrapped in nylon. Happens to me all the time. push on it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. as you push on it, it, in gives, it fights back, it rebounds. But once you tear through it, like once you get through that resistance, then you can change the past. So just for an example, at a certain point, he's trying to help, like trying to stop kind of an unrelated murder from happening, right? Like not related to JFK, just this guy that he knows. So he's just kind of vigilanteing his way through. Yes, he's, he's <laughs> testing it He's testing the waters. And when he's going there, like... His car gets a flat tire, but that's fine because he left like eight hours early and he knew it was going to be tough. And then he takes the other car out of the, tr- the other tire out of the trunk. And that one is also flat. And then once he gets it fixed, a tree falls in the road oh, no. just about on top of him. Right. Like when you try to change the past, the past fights back. And I can think I, it's one of the things that gives this just tons of drama and tension. Can I um, can I guess what happens? Sure. <laughs> okay. This went well last time. <laughs> yeah all right i'm gonna just guess should we put a timer up sure what how, how long do you want 15 seconds 30 seconds let's just do 30 minutes <laughs> 30 minutes you got it your time starts now okay um he can't change the past no matter what happens and how hard he tries like these little agent people um are like stopping him but they're not aliens they're like just a, an unknown presence making sure that uh nothing changes okay that's one option other option yeah. is he does and he makes everything worse and um and instead of jfk dying like everybody dies <laughs> <laughs> all right that's another one um he goes back and instead of he forgets to save jfk and he he falls in love oh with jfk <laughs> do you want with dinosaurs Ooh, okay. dinosaur one he goes back and he, he does stop the um, the assassination of JFK, and that actually uh, somehow time travel is crazy. Um, the di- the dinosaurs were never extinct because of that. So <gasps> no, there are dinosaurs sure. that eat everybody. Oh no! Right? 
Yeah, again, everybody dies. That's scary. No, that's, a, no, that's a scary one right there. <laughs> okay, any of that correct, Joe? You just, um, some, you just Some of it, yes. Some of it is not close, right? But you did okay. hit a couple like like. Pretty, I think we can read between the lines, Ian. Yeah. Um, right. Cool. Is this a good book, Joe? Yeah, it's it's a it's a super 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 good book. Super it's really like good. Book. The most fun that I've had reading a book in a very Whoa. long time. Um, I you know what I think it is. I actually think Nick, you like road trips. This is a road trip book. Like this is a road Ooh. trip audiobook. Like the time absolutely flies. It's long. I think the audiobook was like 30 hours long or something Ooh. like that. Yeah, it doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ugh. Wow. Okay. I love it when Joe always ends on the worst possible point. Well, <laughs> all of Stephen King's books exist in the same universe. Did you guys know this? Uh, technically not all of them. And yes, I did know that many of them do. Okay. All of them exist in the same sure. universe. At one point, he goes to Derry, Maine to stop a murder, and it's very shortly after the events of It. So, like, he goes to Derry, Maine. All these children have disappeared. Everyone's super suspicious of strangers <laughs> as this guy shows up, and he meets these two kids who I think, I've never read It or seen the movie. I think they must be the heroes of It, and they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, why aren't you scared of me? Everybody else seems scared of me. Like, didn't a bunch of kids disappear and get murdered? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's over now. And he's like, how How do you know that's over? And they're like, oh, we just do. <laughs> but we're really sure. And like, he like interacts with like these characters from it. That's one thing I really like. Another thing I really like in this book, Dallas, a lot of this book spends time in Dallas, is an absolute hell hole right like it's a horrible place it is filled with hate it is dirty it is ugly and in the afterward yeah stephen king writes he's like some people have accused me of being too hard on dallas <laughs> i would like to reject that premise if anything i wasn't hard enough on it he goes on to say at at the time like when like at the time of the jfk assassination dallas was a hateful racist awful place and it hasn't gotten much better today oh. <laughs> and then the last thing i like in here is like lee harvey oswald is a character in this book like I think in our imagination, he's just kind of a boogeyman. You know, we know him from his mugshot. We know him from like the Jack Ruby, like sh shot or whatever. Um, we think of him as like this boogeyman in this book, though. He's not like a villain or a mastermind. He's really well characterized. He's this kind of sad and angry little man who finds himself in the right place at the right time. And it's, I don't know, really depending cool. on how you look at it. Right, wrong place, wrong time. So awesome book, tons of fun. I'd recommend it for anybody. It's it's long, but it's it's historical fiction. It's a romance. It's a small town like thriller. It's a great time travel book. I I really loved it. You say you would recommend it for anyone. What about my one year old son? I would recommend it for Freddie. Yes. Um. I would also recommend it for um any surviving yes. Kennedys. They might like. We this. have some. Uh, we have some chickens. Would the chickens enjoy it? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Chick, chick, clock, clock, clock. I'm, I'm pretty interested in both of the books. I, 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 I like. I said I like Dracula a lot. And Bram Stoker, Stroker, whatever mm -hmm. his name is. Um, I would be interested to read another work of his. The only thing I don't like is that you said this is you know, maybe considered a draft, 
Yeah. No, I didn't Did say I that. I misunderstand that. I said, so it's like, oh, I don't know. You want to, it's like notes in the margins and stuff. Right. It's like being a teacher, reading kids rough drafts. It's like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> I'll keep that to you guys. Um, Joe, your book sounds good. It it sounds very Stephen King in the sense that like, I bet it's really fun to read. And like, I bet the premise is really good if you don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, unlike the worm premise which holds which is just airtight <laughs> which really stands up to scrutiny look it's yeah. an old worm that's all what more do you want so, <laughs> let me tell you um joe your book was recommended to me by uh actually somebody else that i i really trust his opinion so ian you lose um and joe i don't know if you win but uh my my friend mike wins i really trust his recommendation oh, he's, he's one of his I favorite also, books I also trust Mike's recommendations. <laughs> yeah, I think we all trust Mike's recommendations I, here. In fact, the, the Philip K. Dick story I brought, I read because Mike recommended it to me. Mike, big Mike. Mike's big, the winner this Big week. Mike, yeah. Big Mike. Leadheads, if you want to um, help us out, head over to our social media on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We're somewhat active there and you can share our stuff if you're so inclined you could also suggest a book to us, much like Mike did, um, but not through the proper channels. Uh, you can suggest <laughs> suggest a book to us, suggest a theme to us. Um, as next week's theme demonstrates, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Really um, digging here. It's a good theme. <laughs> uh, you could also uh, give us some stars. Five would be a great number, unless the podcast player of your choice allows 10, in which case we'll take 10 as many stars as you yep, give us, as many it. stars as you're able to digitally uh, on the podcast player of your choice. All right. Um, this book comes, th this quote comes pretty early in the text. Um, they're actually talking about the perils of going back in time. And this is Jake Epping, uh, our protagonist, talking to Al, the guy who owns the diner with the time travel portal in the back of it. Al's explaining everything to him, and they're talking about the butterfly effect. And Al says, do you know what the butterfly effect is? So Al says, now where was I? Butterfly effect. Right. It means that small events can have a large, whatchamadingit, uh, ramifications. The idea is that if some guy kills a butterfly in China, maybe 40 years later or 400, there's an earthquake in Peru. Does that sound as crazy as you as it does to me? It did, but I remembered the hoary old time travel paradox and pulled it out. Yeah, but what if you went back in time and you killed your own grandfather? Al stared at me baffled. Why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> <laughs>